this past week, this past Friday, in fact, I met an unusual student at AU. We went night monumenting with a group of freshmen, maybe some sophomores, so that they could get to see them all. As we were sitting at the metro, this girl sat right next to me and began to ask me questions. When did you come to the US? So I responded. Why are you here in DC? Do you like being a chaplain? How is it that you decided to be a priest? So I told her. And then she even asked, do you have any regrets? Which is a pretty personal question to ask, right? What was surprising to me was not only the capacity of this freshman girl to ask questions and engage in a conversation, but her real interest. She was authentically interested and listening to what I was saying. She was completely present to me in that conversation. And then I also was interested in her, for sure. I asked questions, and she showed me pictures of her family, her dad, her mom, her siblings. Amazing. We connected authentically, heart to heart, so to say. And this is not so common. It is hard to find people who listen attentively and are present to others. Present, there, committed, involved in the amazing act of human communication. Eric Fromm, he was a Jewish psychologist and philosopher who fled Nazi Germany and came to the US, in fact, where he taught and lectured. And he wrote this famous book, The Art of Loving, and I will quote some passages tonight. He says, to be concentrated in relation to others means primarily to be able to listen. Most people listen to others or even give advice without really listening. They do not take the other person's talk seriously they do not take their own answer seriously either. Isn't this true? We have so many shallow interactions, so much empty talk. Not that conventional conversation is not needed. You don't begin a relationship by being completely open or 100% vulnerable. We need those type of conventional conversation. But the problem is when most of our interaction become like this, and it become, they become hollow, so to say. So what is the factor that makes our conversations more authentic and more significant? And how is it that we can be more present to others, to the ones around us? I think this is a very important question after 18 months of social distancing, masking, virtual meetings. We are admitted again, in many ways, to each other physically, as we say, in person. So how can we make the most out of this reopening or this opportunity? You know, to be present to others, we need to first be present to ourselves. That's the first move, to be at peace with who we are, at peace with our own identity, to be present to our own heart. If we have not accepted who we are, and if we are not at peace with who we are, then two things happened. The first one is that we need to run away from ourselves 
by destruction. We are unable to concentrate because we are not at peace with ourselves. We don't want to face who we are. Quote again, concentration is rare in our culture. He was writing in the 60s. On the contrary, our culture leads to an unconcentrated and diffuse mode of life. You do many things at once. You read, listen to the radio, talk, smoke, eat, drink. This lack of concentration is clearly shown in our difficulty in being alone with ourselves. When you're not at peace with yourself, you cannot stand concentration in silence. You need to be distracted from your center, out of yourself. Pascal, when he wrote his pensées, one of his pensées says, when I have occasionally set myself to consider the different distractions of men, I have discovered that all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact, that they cannot stay quietly in their own room. They cannot stand silence with themselves. So they do many things without really reflecting about them. So that's the first thing. We cannot stand concentrations and, and silence. The second thing is that we find it difficult to love if we don't accept who we are, because we can only love from our center, from our authentic self, not only from our emotions or not only from our passions. Authentic love comes from that place where your spirit, your soul, and your body come together. It's the biblical heart, that center of yourself. You can only love freely from there. And I will read him again if you bear with me. To be able to concentrate means to be able to be alone with oneself. And this ability is precisely a condition for the ability to love. If I am attached to another person because I cannot stand on my own feet, he or she may be a lifesaver. But the relationship is not one of love. Paradoxically, the ability to be alone is the condition for the ability to love. Makes sense, doesn't it? You need to have yourself in order to give yourself. So that you can be present to others, you need to be at peace with your, your, with your identity. Otherwise, others pose a threat to yourself. You cannot really pay attention to the one before you if you are too worried about yourself or too wounded. You cannot be silent to listen if there's noise and anxiety and fear inside. Okay, so how can we become better at being at peace with ourselves and at being present to others? And the answer is simple, but I think it's powerful. Well, the first move then is to accept who we are by receiving our own identity as a gift from God. I can be at peace with my own identity if my identity is a given, it's a gift. 
It's something that I receive and not something that I have to create or build from scratch. That's a source of a lot of anxiety. In fact, I receive most of who I am. We have so many givens in our lives. We don't start from scratch. We are loved into existence. We were taken care of. We have so many precise contours, a particular and unique story. We were born into a family, however that looked like, into a body, into a sex, with this face, with this intelligence, with this will, with this talents, with this nationality. I have this age, I have these talents and these limitations as well that makes each one of us so unique. So the first move is to accept it from God with gratefulness, the gift of life with all that it brings. Let's take a look at the gospel. The man of the gospel was deaf and had a speech impediment. He could not hear at all and he could hardly speak. So he was isolated, right? He couldn't really co connect with others. And we can see in him an icon of the isolation that is a result of not being able to be present to establish deep and authentic communication, like a symbol of this incapacity to be present to others and to really listen and to be able to be open as well and authentic. He could not listen, he could not speak freely. We could say that he was somehow bent over himself, curved upon in himself, curved in upon himself. And Jesus, when they present him to him, he really got involved with him, with this man. He took him aside, touch him, he put his fingers in his ear. Think about that, isn't that weird? How close you have to be with someone to put your fingers in, in his ears? How much you have to be related with that person? How much you have to risk it, so to say, to pierce through whatever was isolating this man? Jesus didn't say just nice words. He really wanted to pierce through and did that was astonishing proximity. He was really present to that man. He looked him in the eye, touched his ear, touched his tongue, even more weird. Then he groaned, prayed, and pronounced the word Ephata, and the man was healed. The man's ears were open, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. So he started to hear and was able to speak. From then on, he was connected. So what Jesus did with this man is also an icon of what he wants to do with us. We are not deaf, we don't have any speech impediment, but we can use some improvement, for sure, in our capacity to be present to others and to listen and to be able to be open and authentic. And he wants to do that, that by teaching us experientially in our hearts that we are loved by God, that we are loved by Him, that our identity comes from God. Once that love is received and accepted, I can begin to accept myself 
receive my own identity as a God-given gift. And then, and only then, I can afford to be present to others. From that source of, from that anchor of the soul, so to say, the, the, the knowledge of the love of God in me. So I wanted to put it in bullet points. God makes himself present to me first. That's the first move. He comes to me. Keep in mind, for example, what is going to happen at Mass in, in, in a moment. Jesus will touch my tongue as I receive communion. He will literally touch my tongue. He will enter my body. What a proximity. I won't be touching your ears, don't worry, but your tongue will be touched by him, just like in the gospel, literally. And in his company, with him in your body, in the light of this loving friend, then you can be present to yourself, because you can be present to him. You can learn the art of being in silence, and even better, the art of praying, being before God. And then you can be present to others. You can afford to listen and to share deeply without fear, without defensiveness. The more you receive the presence of God in your life, the more present you can be to yourself and to others. The closer you are to God, the more at peace you can be with yourself. And the more at peace you can be with others. So a Christian is never isolated. We enjoy being alone, for sure. I enjoy being alone, being with our own self, being with God. That could be sitting in a bench, in a pew, on a church, or it could be in the woods, or on the top of a mountain, or hiking, or, or however you like it. But that is somehow to come back to people better, more, more open, more prepared, that loneliness with, with ourselves and with God deepens our connectedness, so to say, if it's true, if it's authentic. And as a bonus, as something else, I want to share this. You know, when we are present to ourselves and to others, something amazing happens. You don't get tired as much. When we are involved in any activity, from that center, our energies are renewed, so to say. Instead, when we do things in a sloppy way, without commitment, half-hearted, we become exhausted. When we are engaged in whatever we're doing, but, you know, somehow withdrawing from, from that activity in our hearts, that is exhausting. But when we are completely in from the center, then our energies are renewed. This is counterintuitive. We would think that the contrary would be true, that we have to save our energies, that we don't have to commit so much so that we won't be so tired. Listen what this psychologist says. They are under the illusion that they would be even more tired if they listened with concentration. But the opposite is true. Any activity, if done in a concentrated fashion, 
makes one more awake, although afterwards natural and beneficial tiredness sets in. While every unconcentrated activity makes one sleepy, while at the same time it makes it difficult to fall asleep at the end of the day. So I want to finish with some questions for your reflection. Are you at peace with yourself? Are you good at being in silence, just being with yourself? Can you concentrate? This is, are you good at putting your whole self into what you do from that center? Are you a good listener? Do you pay attention to the ones around you? Are you present to others? Are you authentic in your relations, in your interactions? 